Roses are red, violets are blue. Our team this season a stinks like doo-doo. Roses are red, violets are blue. Target center is empty, so what else is new? Roses are red and smell very nice. Tibbs traded for D-Rose because he knows how to ice. Roses are red, this rhyme scheme is tired. Happy Valentine's, Ryan. Somehow you haven't been fired. Welcome to episode 151 of Wolves Cast, the show that likes the national anthem because it gives us a little extra time to get to our seats. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Remember when we used to go to Target Center? Man, we used to have it nailed down to a science. Like, we'd be sliding into our seats, like, right before tip-off. You know, we weren't, we weren't messing around with getting to our seats in time for the anthem, everybody. And also, it's great, because when you're trying to, like, you know, power walk through the concourse, anthem hits and everyone has to stand still all the vendors like pe- even people are like oh it's the anthem i can't move i've got to be frozen in place show my respect you yeah know? and then we just slide right by we're like whoop we just scoot into our seats it's like a like a superhero movie or like an action movie like suddenly everyone's frozen you can like keep moving through oh yeah it's we're like, moving at like super speed so everyone else looks like they're yes they're like dude they're doing slow-mo but yeah i mean that's the thing about target saying we, we're always getting there last minute you know don't really want to you know hang too much but it's like you got to build in that time you know for the the anthem you know t- you know tip off is until 10 minutes after it says it's going to be 710 right. is tip off so yeah. i guess the thing i always feel because i like i said we're never in our seats by the anthem we we definitely actually use that mm-hmm. time to get to our seats yeah. the thing that i always feel awkward is when they bring out like a uh, military personnel and then they give them a jersey at center court it's always like i'm not standing up for that you know it used to be like a used to feel that pressure of like you got to stand up and applaud and then it was just like, no, I'm going to sit and applaud. Or now it's just like, no, I'm going to look at tweets. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not standing up for that. I think as long as you're, you know, showing a little, a little uh, respect and clapping, you know, give, yeah, give, give them a, a little, give clap. Them a little clap, or just notice what's going on. But the fact that everybody is like standing ovation every single time for these people is like, okay. I, it's also like, I don't know what they did. Were they like the yeah. technician or something? Like, right. I, they yeah. could have been anything. They don't tell you what these people do. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's our two cents on uh, patriotism there. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird because it, it is weird just talking about the, the routine of going to a game. It's something that, you know, yeah. well, I didn't really realize how much I missed before we started talking. It has talking. been like a whole year now, you know, since I feel like I've been to a, been to a game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite, a, quite a long time. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're used to watching games from home and uh, looking at those empty arenas now. So, that's what it is. But yeah, welcome back to Wolves. Mostly cast, empty. Didn't Dallas have some people there? Yeah, yeah. Some of these arenas getting some people. Yeah, Dallas has the first responders. Oh, yeah. You know, that's right. Cuban's doing that. But yeah, a bunch of other Florida and Texas. And Man, shout out Cuban. I, I really should have put yeah. him as the Wolfie for the week. Just yeah. like respect. We don't need the anthem before sporting games. We don't play it before movies in the movie theater, you know? Yeah, he keeps it real. I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, everybody, today on the show, uh, we, get, uh, we got a week recap. We got to talk about the four games that happened here in the last week. Uh, we also have, uh, uh, you know, we're going to get to Full Court Press, where we're talking about uh, the return of towns and uh, uh, a couple other things here. Uh, we have sponsor, of course, and, uh, and then say we're going to get into mailbag. We have lots of questions um, uh, due to all our wonderful uh, listeners sending those things in. So, yeah, we'll get to as many questions as we can. Uh, Weekly Wolfies and a game. That's how we do it. It's, uh, it's Wolves Cast time, Scott. Let's talk about this week. Let's talk about this week. That's going to bring some noise to the target center. Oh, yeah. We got Trent Tucker, double T right there. Making right. a mic clip. That wasn't us. That was his mic clipping, right? Like it, 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 I like that. Neil Neil cares about the, the audio of the podcast. He wants to make sure you know that that was not his fault right there. Yeah, look, at it. it's not even that peaked, you know? But it, I just mean to say Trent Tucker is so enthusiastic That's that right. he was shouting into the mic. Oh, man, I should have played the Ed Malloy. We had some fun with the uh, Ed Malloy. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll pin that at the end there. We'll I kind of like keeping your idea, though, for power rankings, best lines from the Ed yeah, Malloy. Yeah, we might have to do it. We might have to do that one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's more than you think. If you listen to the full thing, uh, but yeah, let's let's do week recap here, Scott. We got a lot of games to talk to. We had uh, started off the week with uh, with a back to back 
uh, both in Oklahoma City as the road uh, road trip continues on, um, and the Wolves split those games. Won the first one, lost the second one. First game on Friday, one hundred six to one hundred three. Wolves win, and then uh, lost the second game, one eighteen to one twenty. So uh, yeah, the pair against uh, you know one of the other bad teams in uh, in the West. Although they've won a lot more games than we have. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bad teams in quotes, and also they have all the draft picks. In the oh league. boy, yep. future is bright for Oklahoma City, but. You still have to live in Oklahoma City. Ooh, that's the downside. I guess tough, yeah. you know you could be a fan from afar, and if you are, yeah, then yeah. you get to cheer for the team with the worst uniforms in the league. But anyways, <laughs> I, I kid on OK City. First game was interesting. They only had eight players, and oh, so wow. there was Al Horford, who's apparently a three-point shooter now. Yeah, getting crushing up there. It. Yeah, and why not? You know, if you're just like there because you were the expensive, you know, contract, you know, who's just like on this team of like rookies and stuff. Yeah, gone away, man. Why not? Yeah, it's your time to shine. I'm trying to figure out who's gonna. Stay on this team. So, it was yeah. good to win this game though, because there was a lot of who he played for, no name guys who I'd never oh, heard yeah. of before, who yeah. were just like running us a little bit at the beginning of the game. So it is one of those games where it's like, if anyone's going to lose to this team of nobodies, it would be the Wolves. That's but right. I'm glad we bucked the trend, actually won a game we were supposed to win. Because honestly, if you look at our schedule, there's probably less than five games we're supposed to win. Right. <laughs> you know, on yeah. it. So before you go, so in, it happens yeah. when you're one of the worst teams. That's why everyone's like, well, oh, they have the hardest remaining schedule. Yeah, because they don't have to play themselves. You know. Yeah. This first game was was close. You know, no team really got super super far out ahead. You know, but it was also kind of a really bad offensive game. You know, both these teams are in the bottom five in offense in in the league, and uh, you know it's. It's uh, it's it was it was tough sledding there for a little while, but you know lots of turnovers and stuff like that, and and then uh, yeah. you know obviously the big D'Angelo Russell hero shot at the oh, end of yeah, the game, yeah, right off the last week everyone was complaining about how he we had lost some games, especially against the one against the Spurs I think where it was just hero ball, you know D'Angelo Russell dribbling up shooting it without passing it to anybody like five straight possessions or something, right, right. but hey it worked out this time he got a. It wasn't a bad look, actually. You got a no, three-pointer yeah. that wasn't as deep as I felt it felt, you know, at the time. But yeah, uh, so yeah, stick that in your cap, uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell haters, of which there are many. You, you know, made, made that big shot every once in a while. I mean, they, it's funny because the broadcast pointed out how many good games we've had at OKC. Yeah, and they even left out a few because there's they like you know they were talking about like the Andrew Wiggins buzzer beater time that one time Ryan got his first win in OKC. Yeah, uh, Ricky hit a game winner. there. Ricky's yeah. hit a game winner yeah. there. There was. Kevin Love's like 40 point triple double oh, game. Yep. And that went into like double overtime. I think JJ Brea mm-hmm. had a triple double at OKC once. Like there's been a lot of fun games in OKC. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This one was, uh, you know, it was good, good. always good to get the win. You know, Nas Reed has a really good game in this one. He had, uh, uh, he shot 8 to 12 from the field and had season high rebounding. I mean, that's something we're going to talk about here in full court press. Great week, and so, great yeah, week great for, week Nas. for Nas. Also, shout out to OKC. I was just saying, I think they have some really hot microphones under the hoops because <laughs> I could really hear yeah. the players, especially the first game. I heard D. D- D low, D low. I almost called him D Russ, and I was like, "That's not it." <laughs> D Rose, D D low. Yes, I heard him really clearly, and it was kind of funny too because it was just like some. There's a little bit of trash talk going on, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, who are you to talk trash, D low?" You know, he always says like, "Yeah, boy." Yeah, and I feel like that's like one of his things. Always saying, "Oh yeah, it was yeah, fun." Boy. I enjoyed it. I, I wish you know everyone would have the hot mics like that. Yeah, but the second game didn't work out as well. Uh, what is the trend that we saw with both OKC and Dallas was just an abysmal start. Like blown out game oh, yeah. over in the first half. Go home, you know, beat the beat the the traffic kind of games. Cause yeah. it was those kind of games where if I was less of a fan, I would be like, Well, I don't need to watch the second half here. Like, <laughs> I've seen enough for the Timberwolves tonight. I'm yeah. going to bed. If I was someone who went to bed at a decent hour, I'd be like, It's time to turn in. But thankfully I didn't for either game because we staged dramatic second half comebacks. Yeah. Neither one were enough. In this game in particular, we had uh Shea Gilgis Alexander. An exciting, fun guy who really went off on us. And Mike Muscala, Minnesota's own, had a big night. Yeah, totally. Uh, Shea did not play in the first game. He did play in this one. Flip-flopped with Russell, who played in the first game, but did not play in this mm-hmm. one. We haven't seen him since. We will not see him. Already been ruled out for Friday's game um, here as we record this um, uh, against... Uh, 
I'm not sure who they have. Oh, uh, Toronto, I believe, uh, coming up here on uh, on Friday. Uh, but yeah, so you know, the Wolves gave up 43 points in the first quarter. They're down 19 right away. They gave up 83 points in the first half. Yeah, holy and- moly, that was like a franchise record um, for the most points scored against Minnesota um, in, in in the first half. And I believe it was most points you know scored by Oklahoma City in their franchise history. <laughs> so pretty wild right there. Honestly, I was okay with both this one and Dallas when you get to halftime with the big lead. I was actually thinking about this with Dallas too, where it's like, it's okay if you're going to you know give up a huge lead like that. It's okay doing it in the first half because we've seen before, right. especially like the last love season, we got up to huge first half leads that season. We've scored 70 points in the first half and stuff. Yeah. And then you'd go into halftime and you would, you know, you'd cool down. You'd be like, okay, yeah. game's over, guys. We just got to manage this 25-point lead or something for the second half. And these guys are got, I mean, it's no resistance. So you come out flat-footed. <laughs> right. So yeah. I think that was an advantage, obviously, apparently uh, – Ryan is saving all of his good speeches for halftime instead of pregame. Yeah, maybe, I think, maybe bump up those speeches. I think Ryan. Noel said he tore him a new one at halftime there. But uh, yeah, Wolves start the third quarter nineteen to three run coming out of halftime right there. They get all the way back and they outscored the Thunder thirty two to thirteen in that third quarter. So hey, they're back. Yeah. Um. You know, but uh, like you said, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander turned it on at the end. He scored thirteen of his thirty one points in the fourth quarter. So <laughs> pretty pretty gnarly there. And uh, yeah. yeah, the Nas missed that little shot, the buzzer to tie it. Could, could he was having it. a great game. Yeah, I was okay with look. that shot. Great look. It wasn't the. I I understand it wasn't the play that was drawn up. It was no, like it, one of the checkdowns or whatever. You, you almost know? never see that where it's like the. It's never the primary thing to like throw it right into the post. But it was a good look for Nas, there, yeah. and that with the night he was having, I was definitely okay with that. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of things that Ryan messed up, and there's a lot of reasons to criticize his coaching. Both of which would be these guys clearly aren't ready to play when the game starts. You know, yeah. like you got to get your team ready. That's definitely a coaching thing, and also like. When you're going on these historic, you know, first half deficits, like you, a good coach would be able to stop the the tide, you know, make some adjustments and stop it. He wouldn't need to wait till halftime to make adjustments. He could do it on the fly. Um, but in terms of all the stuff that we would criticize Ryan for, that last play for Nas is not one of them. Yeah, that's okay with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we should uh, award our off-brand player of the week right now, Scott, right. due to uh, it happened in this game. We got to give it to Mike Muscala, uh, Minnesotan. Mike Muscala right here, Roseville, Roseville zone. And, uh, yeah, he had a season-high 22 points uh, right here, 7 of 12 shooting, 4 rebounds in the game. It was just, he was, like, perfect in the first half, too. so good from 3 inside, getting yeah. boards, just beasting people. Look, and, and, and really, that's what the off-brand player of the week is about, is someone who looks like a superstar, and they are not. They are and not. if he wasn't Mike Muscala from Minnesota, he would be even more off-brand. <laughs> like if, if we were a Milwaukee yeah. Bucks podcast, we would have never heard of this guy before in our lives. The only reason we know Mike is because he's from the area, and so right. kind of, you know, one of our own, as Minnesotans do, we pay a little bit closer attention to people who have a connection that's right that's the land of lakes our next game took it to to dallas keep uh keep the road trip going this was uh the last game of the road trip uh wolves lose 122 to 127 on monday and uh you know just just really uh dallas is just a better team (laughs) right like it kind of came down to that you know obviously they get the big lead and and everything and the wolves kind of battle back and you know make it kind of look respectable at the end you know beasley 22 in the fourth quarter gets to like one possession yeah down there you're right it wasn't a close game really really, it was was all just like Beasley hit all of his garbage time shots. Basically. He had like five threes or something in that like, final we, quarter. We, we, yeah. We would, yeah, it should not. Have, it, the score does not reflect how it yeah. was not very close. It was just like. I can't believe they kept going in. Like, what a hot streak from Malik Beasley. Definitely fun to watch, as and, I, you know, from that perspective. It was but. interesting to see because, like, all of last year, it was like the Luka Doncic show, and it was all about him, and he was driving all that offense. But for this game. It was it was Chris Tapps. I mean, he was incredible in the first half and Chris throughout Tapps, the game. Seven two easily, uh, just beasting Nas. Just like anytime Nas took in the paint, just blocked him. I think he had a, uh, a career higher season high block. He had like five or six blocks in this game, just yeah, stuffing he's, Nas. He's half a foot taller than Nas. So, oh yeah, you know, it, our, like I said, when Carl's out, our tallest person on the team, the next tallest is six nine. Yeah. And so Chris Tapps, he's a whole he's head one of the bigger. Players he can in the just league. shoot over anyone. He has he does not have to worry about getting his stuff blocked. Yeah. And so he just started the game super high. And like, even though he he was going supernova in the first quarter, we, he was still finding open shots. It was like, guys, can we can we guard him, please? He's right. the one killing us. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell got re-injured in this game. Uh, you know, he it's interesting because you know his uh, his quote unquote injuries from before were on uh, one leg. I can't remember if it's right or left, but this one he kind of had someone roll into him and and kind of hit his other leg, which he's now missing a lot of games with. So he only played one stint in the first quarter, and then this thing happened, and, and he then, never checked back in. And it was a real issue because they didn't activate J Mac for the game. Oh yeah, because yep. he's on a two way contract, so we'll he can't play every games. single game. Yeah. So you save his games when you're like, okay, we got D'Lo and Ricky, we can get through this. Game without J Mac, so they didn't have Jake Mac for the game, and yeah. then it was just like, well, I guess Ricky Rubio is their only point guard. Jalen Noel is going to have some minutes at the point guard, yeah. Did he ever? <laughs> but yeah, Wolves just outmatched in this game, and um, another notable thing here: Juancho Hernan Gomez came back and played in this game, played a little garbage time, you know, at least got in there and got to play. Yep. So that that was good to see. You know, I'd like to get him back on track and. Good to have him back on the floor. Shout out also to the uh, uniforms on this oh, game. We beautiful. had the throwback great. court for oh, Dallas, awesome. the throwback green jerseys, and then we had our city jerseys, and it was just an aesthetically pleasing matchup. I love it. That's one of the best things about the New Jersey stuff. You know, even if you don't like some of the New Jerseys that these teams have, like it just provides some like cool matchups you know, from time to time. And I liked seeing the green jerseys in action for the Mavericks because they yeah. historically have had green jerseys. I don't remember watching them play in green jerseys yeah, ever, so yeah. like it's mostly just it's photographs like that Thing, yeah. And I've always been like, this doesn't work for me, this green. But the shade of green with the court, it looked good. I was, I was yeah. for it. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, one more game this week was uh, the Clippers game. Wolves played uh, the other night. Um, I thought going Wednesday. into this game, it was like, who's going to play? One, we don't know yeah. if Carl's going to play. Yeah. But two, it seemed like a bunch of Clippers weren't going to play. And then yeah. the game started, and Paul George was the only Clipper missing. At, yeah. some, at some point, it was like, Pat Bev's not going to play. Uh-huh. Kawhi's not going to play. Paul George isn't going to play. And then the game starts, and it's like, oh, yeah, only only Paul George is missing. Yep, yep. And, uh, yes, the Wolves fall 112-119 on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, still a pretty good game. I mean, especially to start. I mean, just having Towns back. You know, really made all the difference, and you know we're going to get deeper into this in full court press here. But I mean, everything was rolling. It was just so fun to watch, and it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. this is what we've been talking about. Like it just, it just passes the eye it test clicks, of like yeah. everything looks so much better when Towns is out there. Even like, even stuff that doesn't matter, like 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 Rubio and Okogi hit a three pointer in, yeah. in the in the first quarter, and it's like Towns didn't actually like do anything to make that happen to make those shots go in. But it's just funny how that works. Everyone's like, more yeah. energized. Everyone has more pep in their step. Well, I, I, yeah. I made a note. Everyone plays harder when their minutes aren't guaranteed you know earlier this week we had such a bare minimum kind of roster of who we could play i saw even vando taking his minutes for granted that's what i was seeing all these guys who were fighting and hustling and you know making every play matter earlier in the season because they were trying to fight for minutes they were just being complacent with the minutes they got because they knew you know there wasn't enough there wasn't anyone else who's going to take those minutes yeah and then you get cat back and you get some guys back wancho you know is back available again and all of a sudden, you got guys hustling hard, fighting for their minutes again, and that was like what we needed. That's what you like to see, yeah. So Wolves played a really good first half. I mean, they were they were all over them and uh, rebounding the ball and and just you know playing super well and and staying with uh, you know with the Clippers, you know one of the best teams in the league. So that was really really cool to see and. Uh, you know, uh, you know McDaniel's out here blocking everybody at like four or five blocks in this game, just Very coming fun. out of nowhere and using those long arms to swat everybody. But the Clippers took care of business in the second half. They they changed up their defensive scheme. They made uh, Kogi into a shooter. Right? They said we're going to double at everybody else. Yep. But a Kogi and Kogi Rubio, took fourteen shots. Is oh wow! Third most on the team. He took uh, wow. Anthony Edwards took nine shots, and Okogi got fifteen or fourteen off. So yeah, yeah. So Clippers went on a sixteen-two run there in the third and took control of the game and kind of never relented. I mean, it's not like they ran away with the game, but they kind of had control for the rest of the way. You know, they had like a 10-point lead, you know, 7-10 to 10 point lead felt like the rest of the night. So that, that was kind of it. They and just turned you know, things on in the second half. They're one of the best teams in the league. That's what they do. They can make adjustments. They're, they're fantastic defensively. They hit all the threes. Like, they're a team of vets. Great. Yeah. You know, they, they know. They know what's up. So I don't feel bad about losing this game. Also, the fact that this was the biggest deficit uh, scoring margin at the final score. We lost this game by seven points. That's... Right, like it's this, right. you know, wild to we've, see we've gone this. from getting yeah. blown out by twenty to this week we won a game by three points, lost a game by two points, lost a game by five points, lost a game by seven points. So we're yeah. keeping it in the single digits, everyone. That's progress. But I think most of all, what you said, Neil, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun again because you know who's back? Our guy, Carl Anthony Towns. Which brings us to our first topic in full court press. Here's the tip. 
Oh, man, 150 episodes in. We're finally getting transitions down. I like that. Nice work there, Scott. Thanks. There was Good. another point I wanted to talk about that game, but I'm going to let it go because nice. I got that transition. All right. We're, we're already going to roll yeah, on. We're already late. So, we'll, you know, we bury, we're not burying the news. We already talked about it. Cat's back. He's, He's back. The guy. He's back. The, the only face that could unlock this iPhone. Thanks, Kyle. He's very, He's back. My girlfriend says I look good. He, he did look good, you know. <laughs> Kitty cat, yes, sir. You know, for a guy who couldn't work out too much over the past, you know, month it seems, because you know you can't can't exercise when you got the COVID. He was he didn't look as rusty as I thought he would. You know, he no, missed he his played. first three, but then after that, he he knocked the rust off pretty quick. And what a it just reminds you what a dynamic player Carl Anthony Towns is. Whew, have I missed watching him with a basketball in his hands? Yeah, he played thirty one minutes, which is more than I thought he'd play. Mm-hmm. Eighteen points, ten rebounds, three assists, eight eight of fifteen from sh- uh, shooting the ball. So you know, just just kind of getting right back out there. And you know, there's a few moments where you know defensively maybe he was looked a little off or some timing moments, something like that. But overall, he looked better than I thought he would, you know, given the circumstances and missing so much time, especially when you give in, you know, you, you put in all like the wrist stuff, you know, he's still wearing a wrap on that wrist. So yeah. that might be bothering him still a little bit. So um, just, just fantastic. I'm back. And like we mentioned, just kind of has a trickle down effect on the rest of the roster. As far as, you know, spacing first, that's the main oh, thing. Jim man. Pete's been harping on it as far as guys being able to cut and then towns can pass them open or, or just the ability for, yeah, drives and more post-ups to happen because towns has that gravity. So, Really, that's that's what a we need world to see. Of difference. I mean, the Wolves, you know, uh, you know, their their uh, their offense has, you know, like we said before, has been one of the bottom in the league, and that's just not how this team was was thought to be, you know, uh, constituted this year, right? They were supposed to be better on offense and worse on defense. So yep. hopefully, we can see that even out a little bit, and maybe the team can jump up now that uh, we'll have Towns out there and shot the ball pretty well. So. Yeah, hopefully um, he'll continue continue that. And I don't know. I guess hopefully he'll continue to play. I mean, he wasn't on That's the, just the thing. You know, we, it, yeah. he hasn't played three games in a row in a yeah. very long time. He so. wasn't on the injury report for this, this upcoming game here on Friday. So I think he'll play, you know, and maybe keep those minutes up. And, yeah, it's, it's looking good, though. It's just great to have him back. Yeah, it, it changes everything. It puts everyone, knocks everyone back down to their proper roles. You right, know? Right, everyone, right. everyone had to step up and... It's the Peter principle when you get promoted one step too far and then, you know, you're oh. over your head. And uh, that's what happened here is all the guys had to take a step up and they weren't ready for it for the most part. I guess Anthony Edwards was kind of ready for his step up yeah. at least. But for the most part, people did not do well. Actually, I should take that back because one of the silver linings of this was this whole injury mess that we've been on. Mm-hmm. Is It has given guys like Jaden McDaniels and Jarrett Vanderbilt and yeah. Jalen Noel a chance to really prove themselves. So right. it wasn't all for naught, but you know you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's the other thing, though, is like, okay, they put up good numbers and they look pretty good, but didn't like mean wins. So it's also like, okay, yeah, someone's got to score and put up numbers here. But yeah, it's going to be hopefully good to get some, get some wins going here with Towns back, but Yep, just just notable that he's back. Obviously, it's a huge, huge thing. Missed 13 games with COVID and then a bunch of games before that with the, with the wrist. So hopefully Towns, I don't know, there's like a 48, 47 games, something like that um, left. So I don't know. Maybe he could play a majority of those. I don't know. Maybe he can play, you know, 40 games from here on out. And That'd just be great. Like, That's all I want to see is I want to see Carl Anthony Towns play basketball. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, – I never knew that would be, you know – Such he, a big ask. He, he, he used to take it for granted, but the man has only played a handful of basketball games games over the last two years and i'm done with it you know like let's see this guy play he's who i buy tickets to go see you know yeah totally anything else on uh, on the return of town scott no I'm, I'm just happy he's back everybody i noticed uh pat bev was giving out a little love before the tip-off you know gave rubio a hug and stuff but yeah, just a little welcome saw back ricky smile because serge Ibaka pointed at him and got uh, that yeah. genuine ricky smile from his spanish teammate but also just you know i saw pat bev was giving cat love it's going to be kind of interesting because i think everyone in the league understands what he's been through so gotta keep an eye on hug watch you know throughout the season to see how many uh how many loving hugs cat gets from the opponents cat is a monster right now he's hitting up all right, onward to uh, the courtroom, Scott. Here we got some, uh, we got some uh, sentencing coming down. Malik Beasley, he should just shoot it every time he touches it. Well, unfortunately, he can't shoot guns anymore because. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Like he needs those, I guess. Yeah, we got some sentencing for Malik Beasley, who uh, pled guilty to the weapons charge, so they could drop the drug charge. Uh, just to recap. 
uh, some people who accidentally drove up to his house and they were yeah, kind of lost. And lots of lots of juicy details here in the Star Tribune stuff of this. I had no idea about all this stuff about like his home was listed in like the Parade of Homes stuff. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, no. the Star Tribune has all this stuff of like. That's why, like, he was doing this. It says, appearing on remote video, Beasley expressed regret for his actions and promised he has learned his lesson, but at the same time explained that, quote, for several weeks leading up to this incident, day and night, countless vehicles came up to my house, bothering my family and myself. I was worried in fear for the safety of us, and this caused me to be frustrated in the situation. So apparently, uh, it says, defense attorney Ryan Pakaya says that afterwards that some of his unwanted visitors were showing up because the $2 million home was listed on the annual Parade of Homes tour. Pagia said that people would, quote, drive beyond the rope barrier right up to the house. Eh, that's so, a little unnerving. I'm not trying to justify what he did. But no, like, yeah, he shouldn't have done what he, what he did, but it was interesting to kind of have this, like, little wrinkle come yeah, out here. Yeah, I hadn't that heard that before. He, you know, someone owned the house now and take it out of the guidebook, and apparently that did happen, but it didn't happen. You know, apparently there's a physical book that goes out, like a printed thing, and mm. they took it off the website, but people were still rolling up to do pray to homes. So, uh, But, yeah, apparently Beasley asked the judge, quote, how do I apologize face-to-face? Uh, to the couple and the daughter, but uh, they said, hey, write a letter. It's not the time <laughs> to know? do anything yeah. face-to-face right now. Yeah, exactly, write a letter. But, uh, yeah, apparently Beasley walked up to the car and pointed a gun at them and told them to get off his property and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, that's Which, it's very intense. <laughs> if, this were, if this were Jake Lehman who had done that, I have a feeling that a lot of people would be coming to his defense right now about his ability to protect his home, you know, and uh, yep. have guns on his property and stuff like that. But... Uh, you know, we're we're uh, aware of the factors at play that make it not so. I'm not trying to advocate for what Beasley did. I think, you know, gun ownership, I, I take it or leave it. I could leave it. You yeah, know? So. yeah, yeah. The family uh, here who was, uh, you know, who was just, you know, driving up for the parade of homes uh, said the family did not join the proceedings but had a victim impact st- st- statement read on their behalf that said that the wife was nearly 36, 37 weeks pregnant and what Beasley did quote, created a, quote, danger to her and her unborn child. She spent the rest of the pregnancy on her on bed rest and gave birth in late October. Uh, the man, the woman, struggled emotionally to the point that she lost an employment contract, had to take a one-month leave from his duties as a financial executive, and their daughter has been extra, quote, extra quiet since the incident. Well, you're welcome there. <laughs> Look, your child's more well-behaved. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, they should be they should be writing a letter thanking Malik. No, I don't know why I'm taking Malik's side yeah, on these. No, and honestly, like, yeah, it's easy to, you know, joke about some of that stuff from our perspective. But if I were in their shoes, I would have been probably pretty pretty uh, messed up emotionally as well. You know, that's a scary situation. So I'm not judging them. This at thing all. wraps up by saying officers detected an overwhelming odor of marijuana and, and soon located more than one and three quarters pounds of the drug in the house. His wife, 23 year old Montana Yale, who filed for divorce from Beasley since the encounter with the family allegedly told officers that all of the leafy marijuana belonged to her. Mm. So there you go. But either way, he will serve 120 days uh, for weapons conviction after the basketball season ends. So he will have to be in a workhouse or home monitoring, I guess. And then he has uh, uh, he has uh, uh, what do you call it? Probation, including a three year ban from no alcohol for uh, banning alcohol or illicit drug use with testing to confirm the compliance and a lifetime ban on possessing firearms. So no more guns for Beasley and uh, no drugs or alcohol for three years. So I don't know why I'm taking this approach. I, I didn't plan to come in here and be like. <laughs> But they they banned him from having guns for life, and you haven't said you haven't had one of the NRA type people, gun rights people, sticking up for Malik Beasley saying that's unconstitutional. Yep. Take his guns away forever. But also the whole alcohol thing too. You know, you got to be careful. You can't be caught on Snapchat or something. You know, that's it's, right. It's a good thing. Testing. The Timberwolves won't be having any kind of big celebrations in the clubhouse for clinching the playoff yeah. spot or anything like that. I guess that's more of a baseball thing where you spray champagne on each other. But yeah, and they can't like go to bars and restaurants after games, even on the road where maybe some of those places are open. It's just like nope, strict rules. Go back to your room. Like, wow, he yeah. can't even be in the presence of it. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that's uh, yeah. Well, I'm saying for the for the team, like for COVID reasons. Oh like sure, teams, yeah. Well, that every sense, NBA yeah. team, like you know, most seasons, most most games after a game, guys are going out and you know letting loose a little bit, and hey, they got a day off the next day and stuff like that. Whereas like this season, you can't do all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Beasley thing. The next, I guess, the last thing to say before we go on to the next thing is that now we await a possible suspension from the NBA. Whether that will sure. come down, it kind of felt like maybe we'd see that by now, but maybe yeah. they're still looking through it. But you know, most people think he will be suspended, uh, maybe a game or two. You know, maybe three max. I'm not really sure. It's kind 
and uh, I haven't looked into the precedent of this and you know who was most recently suspended for any sort of criminal charges I guess yeah I guess he is still a charge um, you know if he completes his all his uh, his uh, you know his stuff then he can get a drop from a felony down to a misdemeanor I think so I don't know we'll see what the NBA responds here and yeah I'd expect Wolves something might be without yeah at least one game but maybe two or something like that um, all right let's uh, let's get to one more thing here full court press he's on fire shout out to the Iowa Wolves everybody oh yeah you know big picture stuff Rosas has left a lot to be desired but the margins he's finding these guys getting them coached up you know signing an undrafted free agents and two of them are really shining right now it is uh, some of our favorites from last year Nas obviously man what a guy! We have we need more Nas drops. We got to get the Nas reads on up in here. Yeah, we do. We got this one. No, Reed, baby. <laughs> or even the Wizard of Nas. We haven't heard a lot of the Wizard of Nas lately. <laughs> but having a great week. Uh, Jalen Noel having a great month. Uh, you know the one of the things that Ben's gets you know locked into is how many straight games has Jalen Noel been in double digits? But it's been like in the teens now. Like he's yeah, he's, he's definitely proving that it's not a fluke. You know sometimes it's like oh you had some good garbage time games. You know he, or I mm-hmm. remember in the preseason he really took over a fourth quarter. You know yeah. and it didn't matter and it was all against the backup unit. But he's getting some he's some getting some burn. Not just garbage time. And now yeah. when he gets on the court, I'm excited. I, you know that's a guy who can get buckets. And sometimes it just seems like this team that gives up these huge runs all the time it's just like how can we find buckets and Jalen Noel he he's a walking bucket right now yeah he is he is uh he's getting some real time and he's getting the ball in his hands like we said you know there's been some games where Russell's been out and they haven't had J-Mac or whatever so he gets like that third point guard uh minutes and you know he's been okay defensively like not bad not good just kind of average and then on the other end his shots finally falling a little bit uh, he just looks more confident out there which he, we didn't he can really score see in, in a lot of different ways yeah, get the That's floater the you know I guess we don't see him get to the rim too much, but he's a threat to shoot it. And then he can, if you if you close him out, he can put the ball on the floor and get to the floater. So, um, but nice to see. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's yet a rotation player on an NBA team. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, again, just because you're playing for the Wolves and putting up numbers, they're still not winning those games, and you're still one of the worst teams in the league. So, what you really have here is, I guess, still uh, still debatable. But it's the next step for is this a second year or third year player. This is the second year. Second year. So him that's and, all right. Him and Nas, both 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. And, and last year, the thing was he had the great shooting numbers in Iowa, but he got the yips whenever you'd come up to the NBA. Oh, uh, shoot the three. Couldn't, couldn't hit anything. One. Yeah. He ended up uh, shooting 11% from three points or <laughs> three point range last season. Yeah. This year, he's shooting 40% on three and a half takes a game. This is the Jalen Noel we knew he could be because we saw him making the shots. It's not like college game where you're standing closer to the rim, you know, yeah. for your three pointers. Yeah. It's the same length in Iowa as it is up in Minnesota. So uh, we knew those shots would start falling, and it's just great. You know, I think that he really fits in with the backup unit right now. And he's one of those guys who, you know, maybe when we're fully healthy, there's no role for him in our 10-man rotation or 9-man rotation. But as we've seen, you never are fully healthy in the league. So he seems yeah. like a great depth piece to have. Yeah, Second-round pick, not making any money, really. Yeah. And I think he's on a Gupta special where he's signed for, like, <laughs> several years, but none of them are guaranteed kind of thing. Yeah. And the same for Nas, who is signed to a great Gupta special, like four years, $1 million total. Crazy. And once again, all those years are not guaranteed, but I'm guessing the Timberwolves are going to be keeping him around yeah. because what a star he's been for the last couple of weeks. In particular, this last week, uh, you know, it was always... I remember the beginning of the season. It was like, "What's Nas? Is he the backup big? Is that Davis yeah. the backup big?" And Nas, Nas has bought him those minutes. The now, team didn't know? say that. The team didn't see that at all. I mean, immediately it was Nas, and it was yeah. like, "Okay, I guess so." I mean, uh, you know, I guess we thought they'd go a little more defense for it, but instead, uh, just like last year when Carl was out, you know, for the end of the year and stuff, it's Nas's job to start, and he's again a, a good facsimile for what Towns brings. He's a poor man's Carl Anthony Towns, where he's kind of a stretch five. Uh, you know, not really known for his defense or whatever, but you know, can do a number of things out there. So he's moving so much more agilely though this year. He's yeah. his range of movement. I That's mean, right. it's part of him remaking his body. He's really built. He lost some weight, um, or yeah. at least transferred the weight to the Still muscles. Strong, you know? though. Yeah. But yeah, he's moving yeah. Uh, laterally. The way he's diving to the floor to grab loose balls oh, is so refreshing. Yeah. Very like, active. No one will dive to the ground more except for maybe Vando than yeah. Nas. Like Nas True. is all about getting those extra possessions. He's got such you know he's tricky around the hoop. You know every. <laughs> Every game he's showing me something around the rim.
him that I haven't seen him do before. So even when the three-pointer isn't falling, I think he's surprising guys. You know, he's blowing past his guy to get to the rim sometimes. Yeah. So just, a, you know, a bright spot. You know, we have to celebrate the bright spots on what has been a pretty dark season so far. Yeah. And to have, like I said, these are kind of the guys around the margins, but good teams, you know, are the ones who can identify talent and make that work. And we have two shining examples who have been very good this past week. And it's just great for his development. I mean, I mean, you think about, yeah, again, last season, all the time Towns missed. And then this year, missing essentially the first 20 games. You know, that's great. That's great uh, development time for Nas to get in there and play against starters. And really, that's just huge. I mean, again, to, to uh, you know, contrast it with Jalen uh, Noel, he isn't uh, – Jalen yeah, Noel. Jalen Noel. There's a lot of Jays. A lot of Jays. I was going to say Jaden. Jalen, Jared. Uh, Jalen Noel is on the opposite side of that, where he has really not gotten any time until this season. And so, like, Nas kind of feels like a vet or something right now. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. I know how to go up against some of the biggest guys, and which is just going to serve the team even more now that Towns is back. And then Nas, like you said before, gets bumped back down to his, you know, backup role, goes up against backups, has more confidence, you know, feels like he's more in a groove and that kind of stuff. So, and somebody that a lot of people are saying could play alongside cat too so yeah yeah they did that. do a few minutes of that uh the other night so we'll see if that continues to be a trend of Nas at the four so yeah we'll see about that but yeah just good we just wanted to notate quick that uh, those guys have been playing well and hopefully it bodes well for their future here and with you the know team. something that i liked about Jalen right away when we drafted him he's got a real cool look he's a cool looking guy yeah yeah he's, he's, he's a chill dude um okay cool well, let's um that's it for full court press uh, we have mailbag coming up, so don't go anywhere. But of course, uh, first we got to get to our sponsor, Scott. What, what do we have today? What do we, what do we got going on for our, uh, who's sponsoring this show, this episode? Well, I'm very excited to tell you about them, Neil. <laughs> Your 2021 Minnesota Timberwolves are the youngest and skinniest team in the league. But their scrawniness can be your salvation this season as we introduce the team's newest approach to strength and conditioning, Crunch's Slam and Shovel Service. Lifting weights is cute, but true Minnesotans know that the only path to building true strength is by shoveling those snowy slopes. Need a clean driveway to get to work? You'll never have a snow emergency again when you call Crunch's Slam and Shovel Service. They'll send one of our many slender, slim shooters to scoop your slushy slop. Watch Jaden McDaniels toil away from the cozy comfort of your toasty home and feel proud to contribute to his future development. Sip a warm cup of coffee as Jared Vanderbilt puts his patented hustle to work on your driveway. Relax on the couch and kick back while Jarrett Culver adds a little muscle, clearing the sidewalk. Crunch's Slam and Shovel service is available now for all your snow clearing needs. Call today and help these scrawny wolves learn what Minnesota winters are all about. Thank you to Crunch's Slam and Shovel Service for their support of Wolfscast. Up next, let's open up the mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a m m m m m mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a m m m m m mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters, send us your messages, send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. All right, it is mailbag. We have uh, we have accepted your questions. Thank you so much to everybody who's uh, sending them in here uh, here this week. We appreciate that. We have like a record number of uh, of mailbag submissions this week, Scott. We love it. We love it. It's been a rough season, but the fans are thirsty as ever. Oh, yeah, they are ready. Shabazz is thirsty. Here's that. (laughs) Vocal drops. He he called someone else thirsty recently. I forget who it was, but I thought about it. We had the old Shabazz drop. (laughs) Shabazz is thirsty. He He is is that. that. Yeah, that's the one thing he is. We did have a Shabazz. Yeah, they were talking about six man. Best best six men of uh, Wolves history. (laughs) Ben's brought up Shabazz. I was, well, when I I was doing a game like a week ago. I'll get it for next week, but it was just so funny how like, it was just like, like 15 seconds of of Jim Peterson like naming wolves like naming these weird wolves it's just awesome yeah and then uh, Ben's drops Shabazz and Jim goes I know you I knew you were gonna say Shabazz <laughs> yeah but I mean I was doing research for a game like a week ago and he's like top like 50 in franchise history in minutes played like he, he's played a ton of minutes for this franchise 
Wow. But yeah, so we have uh, so many mailbag questions. So we're going to try and race through them here. And we've got some on the chopping block as well. So if we didn't hear your question here today, well, we just had too many, but we appreciate you sending them in anyway. Thanks for listening to the show. But uh, let's get started off uh, with uh, with a close friend slash occasional co-host of the show, Rob with an H, RK Brew. He wants to know uh, who would the current wolf, who of the current wolves do you think would make the best coach? Good question there. And um, I think we have to start it off with uh, something we do know um, about one of the players is uh, is uh, J-Mac. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin has uh, on Wolves Plus was kind of talking about how he you know sees himself as a coach someday down the line. Uh, I don't know if that's NBA or college or high school or whatever it might be. But, you know, that that's the first one is because, like, he literally said it. I think that's, you know, uh, something that's in his plans for his post-playing days. Um, but I don't know. I mean, when you think about who makes a good coach, it's just maybe someone who's a little more of a, thinks the game, you know, kind of rather than feels it. And I don't know, is maybe someone who is good at uh, maybe a good talker. I don't know. I feel like that can be a good thing. If like, you know, someone like the media is like good at communicating. I feel like that's an important thing for coaching. But I don't know. Do you have anybody else who you'd uh, point to? Well, I thought you were going to say another name. I mean, it seemed uh, like you were leading up to I one. think just J. I mean, J. Max the first one because he said it. But then beyond that, uh, I don't really know. I haven't really know about ambitions of any of these guys. Uh, I'm I trying think... to think who's good at the media. Maybe Dilo? I was thinking D'Lo. I was thinking Ed Davis. Both guys. Oh, great who, one. I Ed think. Davis is a good one, yeah. And my pick is going to be someone who might – the communication is the only, uh, you know, thing that's holding me back a little bit. Ricky getting tricky. You that's not the it. one I wanted to do. You can see it. Yeah, but as long as the language barrier isn't an issue. The thing about Ricky is we know he's got a great basketball mind. He said something yeah. in a post-game conference a couple weeks back. I made note of where he said, oh. basketball is – at its at its simplest, a very simple game. It's a very easy game, and mm-hmm. if you just do the fundamentals, basketball is an easy game. And he's talking about how difficult the Wolves are making it, not sticking to the fundamentals, breaking down, doing stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of view a coach has to have is the totally. understanding of basketball. If you follow the fundamentals, it's a very simple game on paper, you guys. And so he sees the floor like nobody else. He, I think he is a guy who has played in lots of different systems, understands different ways of looking at the game, and just got that kind of uh, basketball IQ. So I'm going to go with Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and in, in the question, it doesn't say head coach, you know, so it's sure. like, you know. You I that mean, Pablo role? Yeah, exactly. We got we got Prigioni, you know, English as a second language guy. Oh, you it know, could be for... any coach, though. I feel like Ed Davis would make a good player development coach. Oh, uh, yeah, coaching up the bigs. The teach, kind of guy teach him set screens. Hitting the bigs before the game. Right, with you the know, the drills. Yeah, exactly. That's Ed Davis. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Thanks, Rob, for your question. Um, next one from a uh, longtime listener, Travis Shan on Twitter. Trav Shan. Trav Shan. I always say Travis Shan. Trav Shan. Uh, Travis here asks uh, greatest and worst Wolves players uh, ever based on vibes only. Okay, mm-hmm. so who are the best and worst vibes? Um, guys, so thinking back in uh, Wolves history, who uh, maybe you know, just I'm trying to think of who has like bad vibes. I think good vibes. Obviously, people want to point to I think Michael Beasley. Everybody likes his vibes. Yeah, you know, he was hilarious and very chill and very like. When I think about good and bad vibes, I just think about it strictly of like who would you want to be around, right? Just yeah. like who do you? Not even anything specifically. Not even on the court. Just like who would you want to hang with and just like chit chat at the bar or something like that. So I think Beasley is is way up there as far as the good vibes side of things so do you have any any ideas for other good vibes guys uh you know guys are it's smiling tough. it's tough because on some hand like cory brewers seems like oh, a really fun yeah, guy but i yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. if he has the vibes yeah whereas like d'lo he's got vibes coming out of his pores you know yes he's basically more vibes than man yeah and so i think you know that's an interesting <laughs> one uh I'm trying to think of some. This is a great question, you know. Uh, what do you think yeah, about but, Kevin Garnett's vibes? You know. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I mean, it's very intense. Yeah, it's intense. So it depends on it's if like, you're on the other. How, if you're how on the did receiving you feel about it? watching Uncut Gems? Did you enjoy it? Well, then you might like the Kevin Garnett vibes because that's <laughs> yeah. the intensity that I expect. You know. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some bad bad vibes, guys. I mean, just obviously, like grumpy and Darko, Darko, is Darko bad comes vibes, to mind. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Omri Spellman. <laughs> yeah, I think he was, was not happy to be I around. I think he was good behind the scenes, but I feel like Bielitsa was kind of like bad, like as far as like kind of like grumpy and kind of like yeah, I don't know, kind of like surly a little bit. So um, I, I don't know. I think that was. Uh, I think that's one of them for me. <laughs> what do you think? Any other, any others kind of? Mind? What is? What are the Jimmy Butler vibes? 
Ooh, good one. Because I guess it depends on your tolerance for Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. Jimmy's going to be the guy who shows up at the Super Bowl and plays dominoes, so he yeah. can show you how much he doesn't care about the Super Bowl. And those are if you're if you're buying into that, those are fun vibes. Let's play dominoes. But if you're kind of sick of his, you know, his, his way his of antics, being, yeah, I, I could feel like those could be pretty off-putting vibes pretty quickly. You know, there was a good um, there was a good moment this week from Butler. I don't know if you saw. Did you see his like flop over that he did? Oh yeah, he's <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I got trucked, and then he peeks to see if the refs are looking, and then he's like, oh my yeah. head, my head. Are they looking? Are they looking? Are they looking? Yeah, so very that, funny. That was funny. Yeah, so uh, those are, those are a couple of good ones. There's probably some older ones that we're not really thinking about. This like, is a question too that I really love and that I didn't focus on before we showed up. So I'm like going off the cuff here. Yeah, but I'm gonna be laying in bed later, and I'm gonna be thinking of one. So I'm sure I'll tweet yeah, out some we'll more. Get back to vibes ones because i love this question and i feel like i'm i'm just scratching the surface i'm definitely going to think of some great vibes and some terrible vibes right after we're done recording yeah all right next one here from uh yo leo at least that's how i read it's a zero actually um uh, i think it's i think it's a yo leo though yo leo yo leo wants to know which iteration of the timberwolves in their entire history would win the worst of all time crown so i think he's talking about like a whole um in franchise history as far as like who is like the worst team <laughs> for the wolves i guess so um i don't know i guess we gotta look at uh, some this of the is past. funny shout out to arcanus hoop as partners dane moore podcast because yep. he was talking with brit uh i think two weeks ago and brit robson our favorite wolves writer yeah and uh they were saying like he was saying like oh this is one of the worst seasons and brit's like you're kidding me like there's so many yeah, other worst seasons yeah, i did hear that and yeah. so that's what this has made me think of because uh, they were trying to remember some off the cuff, and I, I mean, we've got some really bad ones. What, what do you want to go with? Now? I think we've got to start with the 17 and 65, 2010, 2011 Wolves. That's the Rambus here. Yes, yes. That's the main one that sticks out to me, uh, at least at least if we rule out the like the like first few years, like the expansion years. First right? decade was pretty tough. I mean, at the end of the decade, we got KG and things went all right, but the first like five or six years of the franchise was pretty tough. But even that first year, I mean, the team wasn't great, but we sold out the Metrodome, so maybe that would have been a fun team to follow anyways I'm, yeah i'm looking at the 2009 2010 minnesota timberwolves uh this is a team that had brian cardinal on it <laughs> the janitor johnny oh, flynn the custodian, the custodian. Yeah. Uh, johnny flynn ryan gomes oh, jason man. hart ryan hollins yeah uh, you know darko was on this team ramon sessions yeah damian wilkins like this was not a very fun team to watch. And, and and unlike some of the like because there is like a 14 15 like some of these like you know, uh, some of those Adelman or like Saunders last years and stuff like, you know, with like Wiggins and Young Levine. Uh, those years, I feel like I, I don't count those because, you know, I feel like it is, uh, you know, it, uh, there was some hope. There was some like rookie of the year like stuff happening here. Yeah. Whereas like that Rambus thing was just like we are supposed to be better than this. And there's yeah, not had, like, like a lot of vets and Kevin forward. Love. And it was like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah like so. part of the reason that year, the one you were talking about was so bad was Flip wisely was like, let's tank for Carl Anthony Towns. Ricky, you're injured now for the rest of the season. Zach Levine, you're our point guard. And yeah. so like it was still a lot of we're watching Andrew Wiggins get his way to rookie of the year. You know, this is this is something exciting to tune in for at the very least. So, yeah, poor win total, but not as depressing as some of these other teams. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so that's uh, I feel like that's that's pretty good for that. Yeah, I, Kurt Rambis is definitely the coach that was on the worst Wolves team of all time. Man, I did not like that guy. All right, next one we had uh, two different people kind of ask the same thing. We had uh, at uh, Tuko Mali T U K Mo Lali and uh, the Hill Rats ask uh, basically questions. Do you believe the Wolves are stealth tanking, or do you honestly believe the Wolves are tanking? I don't know where this idea comes from. Is this like a Brit thing? I think it's a, I think it's a Dane Moore podcast thing. Okay. I've been listening I to Dane heard, Moore a lot because I heard the last couple. You know, also you know, shout out to the podcast on Can Soup. It's Jake Painting had a great mailbag episode with Kyle Tige. If you liked Kyle Tige on our podcast go check out that one yeah uh but yeah i listen to dane you know every week because i got to get that brett moore content i got to hear that intro song you know the one everyone wants to know i feel like kobe in the fourth quarter that one everyone's like what is that song that's gotta be the question he gets asked the most <laughs> but uh they are big on the silent uh, the stealth tanking especially brit i think is saying that like interesting if you're playing Jaden mcdaniels like major minutes you're tanking you know and so i see i, the, the, I guess yeah so i guess i'm wondering what the like yeah, what is the idea of like stealth tanking? Uh, you're so you're playing young guys. I feel like the one main thing is that like the Russell like like resting stuff is to me sniffs a little smells sure. a little bit like stealth tanking. And That'd I be mean, the one thing. The, the tough thing is they have given us no reason to trust them. Like even yesterday, yeah. it was like Towns is back. 
no, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. You yeah. know, like I, I decided it was a game time decision. Like they just cannot get their messaging in a row on this stuff. And so it's so frustrating. So, I mean, D'Angelo Russell could be legitimately injured, but none of us believe that because the Timberwolves have been so vague about how they talk about injuries on this team and stuff yeah, like nothing that. Nothing specific. So like, did Cat really need to sit out all that time? Could he have played on the last four games of the road trip? Those are the things where it's like, if we take the Timberwolves on face value, then it's hard to say they're tanking for that. Maybe D'Lo does need this time off. Don't play injured guys. But at the same time, it's like these timetables for injuries aren't lining up. It makes people question, you know, are you holding them out for other reasons? I, I guess I guess I could understand why some people think that, but it just doesn't. I, I'm not I, – I, I have to say no. Well, here's the bigger question. question. Maybe, no way. I mean, obviously, Ryan's not tanking. He's no. fighting for his life here. But did Rosas, second year in a row, Rosas has built an incomplete team. Last year, he built a team that did not fit the model of the style of play. He clearly wanted to trade the entire team halfway through the year. So that, and we got the number one pick. So that was a year where it was like, we weren't officially tanking, but we got the number one pick. And then this season, once again, he built a team with no power forwards, no depth behind Cat in the front court. And so it's like, you know, maybe Cat's not trying to lose games and Ryan's not trying to lose games. But this is year two out of two that Rosas has built a, a functionally incomplete team. And so I think that's the idea is like, is Rosas committed to this Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Lo, Malik Beasley team going forward? Or is this just like... We're just biding our time building assets until we have to trade Cat. And then then we'll turn it over to this team of like Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed. We got a lot of great 21 and under guys on the squad. Yeah. And so I think that's where the kind of question is, is are are we really committed to winning with Cat or is Rosas really keeping his eye on the next batch of guys? You know, I think any good GM has to be looking at both of those things. You know what I mean? Like it's not an either or. It's yeah. just like you kind of have to. You know, be working as be- as good as possible, as as hard as possible for what you have in front of you, while also keeping your powder dry for the future in case it doesn't work out. And to me, they're not tanking because they don't have their pick this year. Like, there's a way they end up with a top but, three pick and they can do it. But no matter how bad they are, they still have a better than not chance of giving the pick to Golden State. So that is the main reason why I think this cannot – they cannot actually be, like, purposely trying to be bad because they don't have their own – if they had their own pick, I'd say, sure, that, that could be definitely true. They need one more bite at the apple here. But what but, they have is a the, 40% chance of keeping their own pick. If that's not good enough. Bottom, I, I, bottom three. I mean, you, you can't bet on that. I mean, it's not going to happen. So I don't know. It's that plus it's the idea of, like – this team's been bad for too long. They need to get the fan base back on board. I got to think that, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they got to at least have good vibes going. They got to at least build the future. So I don't think so, but I guess why people, I understand why people are thinking that. Yeah, I don't want to entertain it too much right now because I'm just not at that point in the season. Yeah. I think that it's one of those things where if Cat was totally healthy these past two years, maybe we're not talking like this. When you, you have like a three, maybe four year window tops coming in to make it work with Cat, and then he misses two years basically. You got to start focusing on, on the other things. Yeah. You know? Then, then yeah, it makes sense to start building, you know, for the future and things like that because you've realized you had a limited window with Cat anyway. So maybe we're seeing a little bit of that. But I think that you know, Rosas isn't guaranteed to be around for the next rebuild if he doesn't That's if right. he screws this up too yeah, badly. Yeah, so good point. I also do not think they're tanking, but I also don't think they're idiots. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, totally. All right, uh, let's let's get to three more here. Let's see if we can do listen them here to the Dane Moore pod. They talk about it way more and have better insights. You yeah, know? yeah, check it out. All right, next one uh, from friend of the show Tom Loftus here on Instagram. Uh, Tom writes: uh, Since the season is a wash and we need some positives, who would be an ideal new owner? Um, you know, this is a hard one because it's hard to know who's like out there and stuff like that. So I think we. Well, I, I think, don't think we can say names of people. I don't know. They're not asking be. realistically. He's asking yeah. like, you want Richard Branson? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> what they're asking is name a billionaire and my problem is i think all billionaires suck like rich you you don't ever get a billion dollars morally you're you're there's something corrupt and wrong about you if you have a billion dollars and so uh-huh. if you could afford a team i'm already against you uh as a person so my answer is going to be eat the rich tax the rich uh screw billionaires screw the ultra wealthy let's try to do something like i I'm not that guy. I'm not a fan. But you know what? Packers owned by yeah. fans. You know, let's get a public option going. Let's all own the Timberwolves. When did that, when did that start? Like, like not a question for me. Ago. That's a question for Kings of the North. Our sister get, podcast. There's just no. It's it's a good. I get where you're coming from. It's just there's just no other parallel to that. Like it just doesn't happen in sports. It's so. Tom I'm, said I could pick anyone I want. There you go. Yeah, you my can. ideal new owner is not a single a person. Community. It's not a rich person. Community, it's community. owned. 
And you know what? Fan owned. If there's going to be a figurehead, it could be KG, even though you know he wasn't the best GM when he was playing. But like, at yeah. least that guy gives an F. You know, that's a guy who would always bring passion. That to is it. definitely the most uh, you know possible, and every fan would love it if if a KG headed group uh, came in here and somehow KG was a part of the new ownership. Nothing would be better. That would. That would be everything, and it would just it would fans would love it. I think they would you know keep the team here and stuff yeah. like that. So that is amongst realistic options. That's probably it. But I guess in general, I would just say the ideal new owner is just someone who um, you know doesn't have his eye on moving the team. <laughs> that's all I want to see is get someone in here who's going to keep it here, and we'll do that. So that's uh, that's so it I sounds think. like your ideal new owner is Glenn Taylor. Neil. Glenn Taylor, or yeah, hold <laughs> you're, Glenn, you're, you're you're caping for Glenn. Glenn, you uh, hang on. On to it until you find that person who wants to keep them here. All right, next question from uh, Joe uh, Sleber Schimmel. Mark Dayton. Uh, Joe Seibel Schimmel on Twitter asks, any update on Balmaro? I'm just scouring the earth for any mildly bright Timberwolves news. Two in a row asking, <laughs> saying how things are sad. Give us bright spots. Uh, we talked about J- Jalen and Nas. Those are two bright spots. Yeah, for you there you go. There you go. Um, not a lot known on Balmaro. I don't know if we can really watch him or anything like that. Um, he's playing in the EuroLeague right now uh, for FC Barcelona. Um, he's had a few uh, games there, but he's kind of up and down. He has like a number of teams for Barcelona he plays for, like depending on, uh, you know, different leagues and stuff. So it's like hard to know exactly, um, you know, exactly where he's, you know, where he's playing and stuff like that. But he's played 38 games already this season, um, you know, here in 2020, 2021. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not playing a lot. He's only averaging 10 minutes a game. Uh, a couple shots per game, you know, but he is, uh, you know, he is shooting uh, 31% from three. So that's not good in the NBA, but uh, that's the main downside of his game. As far as I know, it is I've always, you know, said he's like a tall, he's like a forward version of Ricky Rubio. And uh, well, just remember he's shooting better than Rubio here. He's, he's made 12 of 38 threes this year. So remember what Lucas said, it's easier to score in the NBA than it is overseas. Okay, and that's why his know. scoring numbers have been higher since he's entered the NBA. He says it's easier to score in this league. Other notable thing is he's shooting 83% from the free throw line. Oh, so that good. bodes well potentially for his keep shooting. The, keep the Ricky comparisons alive. A guy who can't shoot right. unless he's at the free throw line. Yeah. So I don't know. He's playing for Barcelona. He's playing in the ACB, the EuroLeague. And, uh, and, and Neil uh, saw that he's in NBA 2K1 now. So he's you, apparently in the game. Most so. important for fans in terms of how it's going to impact your day-to-day life is he's in the game. So yeah, we don't know too much about him. Sorry, but uh, it's, there's not really many like articles to look up. There's not a lot being written about him. I guess we can dig deeper, but you know, still still a young dude playing in, in Europe, and Living maybe he'll come back. Alive. Maybe he'll come over next year. Some people think it'll be two years. So. Hard to know, but fun to have uh, a guy to watch. Maybe we'll add him to the Google alerts, and then we'll keep a track and let you know. All right, quickly, last one from Jake's Graphs. Uh, if you could have the final results for the next 10 seasons given to you now, final standings, including playoffs, um, would you choose to know? So that's interesting. It's like if you can look into the future and know what's going to happen, would you want to know that, Scott? Okay, well, here's the thing. Because this is how I always ruin everything. If I had a time machine, what would I do? And I always ruin it because I go back to the same idea. (laughs) If I knew the final results for the next 10 seasons plus playoffs, give it to me. I'm going to make so much money gambling, you guys. Information of the future. This is a back to the future thing. Like If I know the next 10 playoffs, of course I'm going to take that information because then I'm going to become a billionaire. I'm going to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to keep them in town forever (laughs) and run them how I want to see them. There you go. So I think that you know it's two different questions here. If I could just know that and have that in actionable knowledge i would do that if it was just the timberwolves though if you say yeah if you only know the timberwolves results you're not going to make much money betting the under on the wolves or over on the wolves or whatever you know so i would say i do not want that information yeah same you and me like to watch games without spoilers and we try to avoid that so yeah i you know i I don't want to know any of this stuff and uh, really like to have the idea of who won or lost uh, still be a mystery mystery while I'm watching. And, and I'm so. kind of a big picture guy, but I still like to be like, maybe we can make towns work over the next like five years. If I yeah. knew we we're going to be bad for like the next seven years, I'd be like, oh, that must mean this this window with towns or the next guy, this window with Anthony Edwards isn't going to work out because I can see seven years down the line we're, we're losing or whatever. So yeah. if it's just Tim Rolfs, don't give me that information. If it's something I can make money gambling on, give me that info. 
Nice. Uh, all right, that does it for Mailbag. Shout out to everybody who wrote in to us. We had a bunch of questions about the trade deadline. Uh, Daniel Obi, not Brooks Davis, and Poster Boy Josh, WS723, uh, jo- uh, Jolie, Joelie Blaine, uh, writing in about trades and stuff like that. Trade deadline still like a month away um, or more. So we'll, we'll get to we'll that. We'll do a trade show. Yeah, we'll get to that. And Maybe we'll, we'll answer your mailbag. questions. Yeah. And we're just... Honestly, not prepped for that. It's right too now. early. Towns is just back now, so the team's actually going to get to see their team here for the next month yeah. or so. So that's all very important. Uh, so it's really Plus, hard. You know, to look somebody somebody's going to lose a point guard on a playoff bound team, and then we're all going to be like, "Can we fit D'Angelo Russell into that hole?" Yeah, totally. So we'll see about that. But we appreciate everybody sending in those questions. Let's close up the mailbag till next time. Yeah, Sorry. we appreciate all of them. Thank you so much. And I will try to answer the ones that we didn't answer. I'll try to answer them on Twitter or nice. Instagram. There so. You go. We'll still get you those answers because that's how much we appreciate you. Very cool. Onward to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, this week, Weekly Wolfies is back, of course. We do this every single episode. We give out awards. And uh, let's talk about uh, what we want to give our awards to. Scott, you want to get us uh, started here? Sure. Honorable mention of Dave Benz getting his Twitter handle, Dave Benz, instead of Tweet Dave Benz. He's now doing Dave Benz. Never give up your hope. This event made me uh, look up uh, on, on Instagram, which I haven't done in a long time, uh, for the Wolfcast handle. Yeah? Which, Still being used? Uh, it's it's nebulous. Nebulous. There's not a, if you go to Instagram.com backslash Wolfcast, it says this user is not valid or whatever. Like okay. It's not there, but I still can't select. Well, if I try to change it, it's not there. So Listeners, if you know who's camping on this dead account, let us know. Someone's camping on it, so we are Wolfcast pod for the time. I just know being. how good that feels because I had scottolstead.com, and then I lost it, and I was without oh. it for like seven years, and then it became free again, and that was like such a great week You're for back. me. You're back. I finally got it back. Yep. I'm so, never going to let it go for so the rest Dave, of my life. Dave is just Dave Benz now. Dave Benz. So congrats to him. But I, I'm going to give the Wolfie uh, – I don't even know who gets it here. I just yeah. want to make note, Tampa Bay – the Buccaneers won a Super Bowl. Ooh. They are the only professional sports team with an all-time winning percentage <laughs> that's lower than the Minnesota really? Timberwolves. And it's getting close now. Obviously, they had a good season. They made it to the the you know Super Bowl and won. The Timberwolves right now, just a bare, the, the thinnest margin. We have a, wow. I've got the stats here. I didn't know they were in the running. I think we have a 39.4% winning <laughs> okay, percentage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Bucks are like 39.3. So they're still right just below it, but as far as I'm concerned, they've won two Super Bowls now. Yeah. So they're, they're the better franchise. That boosts them up. And so, once again, I keep the long-term idea in mind. Can the Wolves, every year I ask, can the Wolves get to a 40% franchise win-loss yeah, percentage? that's the goal. Haven't been able to do it for the years we've been tracking them, but just keep it in mind, you know, like I said, like... There's not much we can hang our hat on now, but that's why I cheer against the Clippers, everyone. They're <laughs> too good now. No, they're really bad, Neil, but they have never made it to the Western Conference Finals. The oh, Timberwolves have. Oh, there you go. We still have that. We over still have that. Winning we percentage, have, no. We have so little over so so few. And so yeah. congratulations, I guess, to the Bucks. You're now out of the Timberwolves range of worst fran- franchises in sports history. There you go. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Super Bowl Bucks. All right, my uh, Wolfie's going to a friend of the show, uh, someone who has moved on. I played drums here. on that field before, the Tampa Bay field. Oh, my there senior you go. year of college, the With the big ship, the the timber, yeah, the the Northwestern Wildcats played the bowl game there, and I got to play on that field. Left my drumsticks in the end zone, just like Tim Riggins does with his shoes at the end of Friday Night Season Three. Memorable wow. moments. You in the weekend doing shows on that field. That's right. Um, all right, my Wolfie goes to friend of the show, Nick Restifo, former Timberwolves analytics. Pretty good employee, pickup basketball player. Employee, yeah, yeah. Reached out to him a few years ago, maybe like five, right when the podcast was kind of getting going about being on this show. I saw that he was, uh, you know, he wrote for a blog called Nylon Calculus. So I knew he came from like the blog fan world, you know, and was like, oh, now he works for the Wolves. This is interesting. Let's hit him up. Let's see. And it turns out he listened to the show and, and liked it. But, you know, they, at the time, they just couldn't, uh, you know, I think it's still the case that, you know, they don't let the the team doesn't let those folks, uh, you know, do media appearances or come on shows like this, even on official ones. Uh, I believe he was hired by Scott Layden uh, during the Tibbs regime. I think that's when he came in. Um, So, uh, you know, Nick said, no, I can't be on your show, but hey, let me know when you're at a game. Let's meet up. And so we did. We talked for a little bit and um, that was really cool. And then, yeah, I found out he plays hoops and came out to our our uh, weekly pickup game, um, which which is now also not been happening for for a year. 
played five on five in every year. Which number is crazy. one thing I miss about normal yeah, life. That's yeah. the, the biggest thing I miss yeah, from normal totally. life. So yeah, so but Nick, um, Nick got let go from the Wolves uh, earlier this year, uh, or excuse me, in like the summer. So he can come um, on the pod now. Yeah, he could, but uh, he got picked up. He got picked up by Tibbs. Uh, he's working for the Knicks now. Uh, so he's uh, Scott Layden. Scott Layden uh, got him. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know what actually, Scott but yeah, did, yeah, but he's, it's funny because like Scott, you remember him telling me, like, "No, I, Scott Layden hired me, not Tibbs." And now, like now, Scott Layden moves on from the Wolves, and yeah, now he's working with Tibbs in in New York. So I'm glad he landed uh, on his feet somewhere, doesn't doing analytic and like programming work. So shout out to him, he's a good dude. Lots of people recognizing him when he uh, he left the team, but wanted to say, um, you know, they had a good time knowing him and stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully, get to see him again sometime soon, and hopefully, he continues on his NBA journey nick Rastifu, everybody i mean a wolfie it's no it's no minneapolis but it's a yeah. pre- it's a pretty decent city I live in <laughs> it's all right it's an okay city it's all so. right nice all right lateral that, move yes <laughs> same size um all right that does it for wolfies let's do a little game scott let's do it all right everybody well it's episode 151 if you've been listening for any length of time you know that one of my favorite games to go back to is our limerick challenge and oh. yes I did the steal that from Chicago Public Radio, WBEZ's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. You always shut them out. That's great. I got to give credit to them because they did it, you know? I'm clearly stealing their bit. Yeah. But uh, you know what? That's fine because public radio, we share stuff. It's not about ownership as much. (laughs) So anyways, I've got for you, Neil, three limericks. I will read it to you and you will try to finish the limerick with the final words. Okay, okay. All right, so let's get started. Let's do it. First limerick. On draft night, the picks we were traded... With Gerson, Sachin, and Scott Layden. 28th at the start. Now he's first in my heart. My favorite rookie is named... Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> gonna say them both. Jaden is all I was looking hey. for. My favorite rookie is named Jaden. That's right. What a come up. Sunken-eyed killer. <laughs> Did you make that up? No, I, was try- I was thinking, uh, what would be a good S word? The... Uh, the sunken-eyed sniper. Yeah, yeah. He, was he just looks well, tired so, all the time. He's got those yeah. rains under his eyes, and I hope it's not like a a always there thing because I don't want to be making fun of a man for his natural appearance. That's right. That guy just looks tired. And it, I remember when I was that age, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I still don't get enough sleep. So <laughs> no judgment. No NBA judgment team, here. So yeah, yeah. Here we go. Next one. Have fans this season? We can't. Too bad because his name we would chant. Will he be Roy? You know he's our boy. He's too big to be known as Ant. <laughs> He's too big to be known as Ant. That's what That's I'm great. saying. It's just tough. It's too it's built. You can't be that strong. And I mean, the answer, you know, obviously, famously, can lift a lot of weight. Oh yeah. But uh, you I know. guess his name's Ant Man, but it gets shortened to Ant. You know, it's too large. Ants aren't it's that a big. Big guy. Yeah. And you know, he's only with that. You know, the crunches, shovel and service, slam and shovel and service. Oh, he doesn't need it. He's not part of that roster. I feel like, yeah, he really does not need it. There's other guys. He's one of the few guys on the team I wouldn't call like rail thin. Yeah. But man, I bet he could clear your driveway so fast. <laughs> All right, here we go. Final one. His reputation continues to slip, and his outfits have lost all their drip. Why is he still here? His end must be near. Ryan isn't as good as Dad. Flip. <laughs> isn't right. as good as Dad. Flip. He's not as good as Dad. Flip. Unfortunately. Oh, the Limerick Challenge. I've, it's I here. mean, people have beat me to that punch. I wasn't as sour on Ryan as everyone else, but guys, I'm with you. Like, I'm really reaching that level. He is. It's hard to argue he's doing an adequate job, you know? Like, yeah, um, that's the other reason I'm excited for Towns to be here, because it's like, all right, put up or shut or up swim, time yeah. for Ryan. Here we go. Your favorite excuse is now no longer yep. applicable. Yep, you know? let's do it. And, and like, and, I feel for the guy, like we've said. Sure, like He's had what? every excuse for why his tenure has not been given a fair shake, but at the end of the day... I mean, just watching us get blown out in those first halves, it's like, did you not prepare your guys to play? Like, how are your guys not prepared to start a game two games in a row? Everybody wants to say, like, oh, he's, like, a good guy and he's, like, a friend. It's like, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, that's not the conversation no, we're I having. I have no doubt he's a good guy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm a good guy, but I and, would not be a good coach. And I get how that makes it tough for certain people, like Dane or whatever, to, like, call for his head. That's fine. But, like, if you're just talking about his performance, coaching, like – this guy is one of the worst in the league. So until that flips, maybe, maybe the pardon worst. the pun. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, call a spade a spade here. So yes, we will see. But yeah, we'll see how the next. I mean, uh, we both think he's going to get the whole year, so that's probably what's going to happen. But he's at least going to get to the trade deadline or till the fifty percent part of the season. Once now that he has Towns back, so we'll see about that. But yeah, good limericks. 
Good episode of Wolves Cast. We did it. We made it. Uh, yes, the Wolves are. They have towns. They have. They get their full complement. He's gonna get Russell back. It's probably a nagging thing. You know, it's not like a. It's not like a sprained ankle or like. Sometimes a knee. those are the worst. Actually, the ones that you, you're just managing all season. You're yeah. always just playing at like seventy percent of your full self. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twins had a lot of that going on last season. A lot of guys who were playing with yeah. injuries. And it was just like, why aren't we as good? Well, it's because everyone's playing at like seventy percent out of their capacity. So yeah. those are almost worse in some way. But, you know, that's the goal is to see Russell and Towns play basketball together. They've only done five games together. And the whole th- reason we brought him in was because we thought he'd fit well with Towns. So that's please, right. please let us get some actionable data. <laughs> Let's get not the small sample size. Let's get as much data as we can with those two on the court together for the rest of the season. So if decisions need to be made, they can be made, yeah. you know, informed decisions. That's right. But, yeah, hopefully we'll get both those guys uh, together here in the next few games. But uh, things are looking up for the Wolves. Cat is back. Players. Cat's Ultimately, back. Ultimately, that's the only thing that matters. Take if Cat is away. playing Timberwolves basketball, I am psyched. I am excited to watch that game that night. So stoked, you guys. Appreciate everybody listening to Wolves Cast this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Of course, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Do you have Popeye's, Ant? Yeah, man. I had Popeye's after the game. Where did Popeye's fries rank? Fries? They top four. They top four. They top four.